welcome to the Tom Golly Official Podcast. With me today is one of my absolute favorite YouTuber, content creators, and comedians, Jack Vale. Welcome, Jack. Thank you. Appreciate it. Dude, it is awesome that you're here. Like, it's still, I'm I'm still kind of freaking out, honestly. Well, th- in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. In Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we are. Like, yeah. uh, you know... It, I, I message a lot of people that I admire or have an interest in and, and, you know, and ask, hey, I got a podcast. It's just starting out. But here's the reasons I would love to have you on. And most people just ignore. And I, I out of the blue, I get a text message on my phone from like, hey, it's Jack Vale. It's like, what? <laughs> what is this? This doesn't happen. And here you are, man. It's so awesome. So thank you for joining. And, yeah, you're um, welcome. Man, I, I've been a fan of yours probably dating back easily maybe 10, 12 years ago when wow. you were collaborating with like uh, the, the Ed Bassmaster and stuff mm, like that. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I always enjoyed your brand of just sort of the way you went about your comedy it was it was very doable i was very good at mimicking other people's stuff so like hey yeah. that's funny i'm gonna do stuff like that randomly just to copy it because it's funny mm. in the moment and i always enjoyed your style like the nonsense has always been really really great just mm. kind of walking up you're kind of asking for nonsense directions like and it's just mm-hmm. that's just golden man thanks man thank it's, you appreciate now, it I, now it's, how did was that all was that all just started like random like hey let's do this and show our friends videos or did you guys always plan on making content to you know become well known i you know before i uploaded anything on youtube i had um i had my pooter which mm-hmm. I, I left in the car oh no how stupid is that yeah oh no cut i'm going to go to the car i'll be right back yeah i think i think oh i think you need it you want to cut? We can I go think get, we probably need I it. I think you Why should Why did get I it. not? It's in the car. Yeah. Why didn't I bring it in? Yeah. doesn't make any sense. No, you, I want to I'll, I'll be right back. The thing that came first was the pooter. The pooter? The pooter. Okay. Fart noise toy. You know what the pooter is. You've been watching for a long time, right? I have, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm out of breath. <laughs> I'm going down the stairs to go down to the car. It's only one flight of stairs. I'm out of breath. Um, so... I started making all these calls to like magic shops, gag shops all over the country, little no- novelty places, right? Okay. And I wanted to see who would take my pooter, and I discovered it's really it's difficult. It's hard to get people to be willing to carry your pooter in their store. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it took me about six months to get it going. I had to find a good manufacturer and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, finally, you know, the only thing that I knew was that I would have a pooter in my hand. Everywhere I went, restaurants, post office, you know, whatever, if I give it a squeeze, people around me laugh. Mm -hmm. So I kind of felt like if people could see how it functions, how it works, and the responses from people, it'd probably sell itself. Yeah. People would just be like, I got to have one of those. So that's why I started uploading videos on YouTube. Okay. For that purpose. Without really thinking about making money from the videos. In fact... Um, I wasn't a YouTube partner, you know, anything like that. There were no ads. Yeah. Until that's early YouTube back. It then. was. Yeah. Two thousand seven, something like that. Yeah, that, that's, that's almost two thousand eight. And um, so that's what I started doing. I started just doing fart videos, you know, and I discovered that every single one of them was funny. Yeah. And uh, always making people laugh. So I just kept doing it and. Before you knew it, you know, YouTube reached out and they're like, we want to make you a partner. And so I filled out the thing and mm-hmm. and uh, my first YouTube check, I was so excited. It was $95. <laughs> and 
And when you don't make anything online, yeah. But your pooter sales go up a little bit, you're still doing all right. Yeah. You get 95 bucks the first month that you're become a YouTube partner, that was a big deal. Second month after that was $303. I'm like, "Hey, we're going in the right direction," yeah. you know. And so um so you know, it opened up a lot of doors for me and I was able to continue doing YouTube and and making these silly videos. And before you knew it, you know, fart videos kind of morphed into doing other silly things in public. And yeah. uh, my wife one day, she goes, there's this guy on YouTube. I don't know if it's really my sense of humor yet, but I think you're going to like him. And um, it was Ed Bassmaster. And so I, um, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see, you know. So I came home and we found this guy and he had saw, he had seen some of my videos online and he was like sending messages and stuff. Okay. And I'm like, this guy's really, really funny. And back then, he hadn't done any pranks. So he's got this character, Always Testy. And Testy's always got an attitude, chip on his shoulder, whatever. But he was doing it as like, um, you know, sketches. Yeah. So it was just this these little sketches that he was writing with a friend of his. Yeah. And I was like, I love this, you know. So then we started getting together and doing different things. And, you know, yeah. we got in, and then we just started being stupid that, together. That is... The uh, actually, I I meant to mention I meant to mention earlier. Actually, that is one of my absolute all time favorite collaborations of you guys is when he's doing the job interview one. And mm. oh yeah, yeah, and it's great because he's like he brought a forty with him, and he's like there's he, he's getting like a lecture <laughs> on bringing a forty, and you yeah. turn and. Try- <laughs> you turn and drink from it. I was screaming laughing. That was one of my favorites collaboration to you guys man that, that was, was fun i don't know how you did that with a straight face yeah I, I i don't this that must take a lot of mental strength to not break in those moments where people think you know this this you know guy in a in a um you know in a i think it's a randall cunningham jersey is like you know uh-huh, uh-huh. you know it's like you know hey yeah <laughs> um yeah. i don't want to work and you know <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's easily one of the funniest um, uh, skits that I and just that moment alone there's comedy gold did, was that like was that part of it planned or did you just kind of come up with it on the fly you know Ed and I beforehand would just go here's the basic idea let's do it that's it, it? and then we would just kind of ad lib and just kind of go you know yeah. go with it I and mean, it was I'm not gonna lie it was it was hard yeah. to keep a straight face sometimes because oh, yeah. sometimes you're like you, you feel it coming on and, and, you know, the other person that you're working with, in this case, Ed, will do something you don't expect. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. When it's improv like that, you don't know what's going to happen. It's kind of tough to keep I mean, there's, there's the one character, one collab you guys did where I think it was like it was like you were in school talking to, like, the, I think the principal or the teacher. Mm. Oh, yeah. And, and he comes walking. I don't yeah. know. I just don't know how you guys did it. That, that is just impressive, man. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I'm very familiar with. I've said I've been a fan of both you guys, um, and it's 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 unbelievable what you guys have accomplished. And I, you know, I hope you guys are. Thank you. You know, and and I think laughter is. You know, comedy's changed a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. I think with cancel culture, all that, and the, mm-hmm. I think the beauty mm-hmm. part about what you guys do, you know, is it's it's. I want to call it. It sort of toes the line of wholesome. And you know what? You know, like some people don't like fart humor. Fine, but mm-hmm. I don't think anyone could ever cancel what you guys have done. And I and I th- and you can continue to do it. And it's, it. I think that's harder than like what do they call that blue comedy, where it's just very like 
edgy and rough. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I love that you guys have found a way to do this and be successful with it, um, where there's something for everybody in your content. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's pretty wild. Thank you. Thanks. You know? Appreciate you saying that. Thank you. And my my first uh, my again the first video I ever seen. Hey, can you can you bring it up on the screen? My first video that I had ever seen was this, and this was you in it, and this is what what had me. Habba Baba. Yep, this right here. It's. I don't know what you want. I'm not understanding. And this right here. Baba. And there's a spot where your voice. This one. Hi, Baba. Oh, that poor that, girl. That, all right, you can cut it off. Oh, that, that poor that girl. That sold me right there. I'm like, these. This is funny. I follow you know, instantly. Of all the of all the <laughs> Habba Baba videos you could have pulled up, you pulled up the one that had my favorite clip ever. And believe it or not, <laughs> it's the one where I say Habba Baba, and the the lady goes, Doctor Pepper, <laughs> Doctor Pepper. And then I even had there was even a guy who one time they were trying so hard to figure out. What I was trying to order, and when I said "Habba Baba," they would say "Dr Pepper." Habba Baba, hamburger. Habba Baba, and I would say it the same way every time. And every time they give me a different answer, they was like going down the menu yeah. trying to figure out what I was. I French think fries? the best part of that video is the very end. There's the the like the heavy set guy who doesn't even flinch when Ed pops up like "Habba Baba," and he's like, yeah. "What? Huh? Huh? <laughs> what?" Yeah, uh, it's it, fun. It, it, it's fun. incredible, man. That and uh, the B extreme was uh, was always fun. Mm-hmm. Just you know, I mean, who, where do you guys come up with bull bull? Like <laughs> you know, that was all. That was all. That was something that he did. That was all him. But um, I don't know. I almost think that in the early stage of YouTube, it was yeah. like it didn't take much creativity yeah, to okay. really get people to laugh. Sure, because nobody was doing it. It was like. When television first came out, mm. you know, it was like uh, this was a new world. I mean, you would yeah. you were going to YouTube not to see pranks, yeah, but to see other types of you know content. And then it became this platform where you could see anything. And mm. so as pranks started to get more popular, more pranksters started to kind of appear yeah. and show up. Um, and I miss those days of YouTube in a way. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Like, I don't know what would happen if we decided to do, like, Habba Baba Revised or something. Like, yeah. uh, do a ha- new Habba Baba video. I don't even know. Would you? Would anybody even laugh? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know either. Has comedy changed in the last 12, 13 years? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, because it, it, it's become a weird world now. People get offended yeah. over very, very easily. Yeah. Um, now. Well, now, now... You know, you can do something that you wouldn't think is offensive, but if it makes somebody upset for any right. reason, then you're the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, there's a video that I did in, I think, 2010 or 11, mm-hmm. and I called it I Got Punched. Yeah. And I didn't do anything different in this video, okay? Yep. Pooter video, had it in my pocket, 
There was an elderly couple. Guy standing. I, no, I think they were both in scooter. I think they were both in yeah, on those little mopeds scooters, riding yeah. around or whatever. In the video, mm-hmm. and pull it up if you want to. In the video, I'm standing, and they're sitting. So that puts my butt right about here. Yep, yep. And their face right over here. Yep. So I saw that as an opportunity. I thought this is going to be hilarious, you know. But I'm actually further. I'm actually like this. So on camera, you can't really tell. Right. But I was not here and here. I was actually more towards the camera a little bit, but it's hard to tell. Anyway, I just, that's all I did. I didn't do anything with my leg, nothing weird. I just made the sound and I walked away. Then you see me walking past the camera. I do it again. That guy chased me around the store until finally he found me, but I knew it was time to like Mm -hmm. give myself up. Yeah. So I took this thing out of my pocket held it up and I said, Hey, have you seen those yeah. like candid camera? Th- I'm trying to explain it to him. He wasn't going to have it. Right. He was so worked up into a frenzy that he hits me twice yep. in the middle of target. Right. Yeah. I've seen it. He mi- he kind of missed the first time he clipped you. Yeah. Then crazy. the second yeah. time yeah. he's same thing. He, his timing was off, but he still got but he, you. But he wanted chin. to get me. Oh, he wanted to get you good. He's yeah. like, Oh, that wasn't good enough. I got to go again. Right. This, yep. this guy, um, I was okay with everything. I mean, it shocked me. Yeah, I've never yeah. seen anybody react like that before. Because up to, up until that point, I probably made 100, 150 videos. Yeah. I made a lot of videos up to that point. So anyway, all of a sudden, people don't realize, like, the comments that came in were all, initially were all about, wow, that guy overreacted yeah. for a fart sound, you know. And then, um, I don't know, five years ago, maybe, there was a shift yep. in the comments and somebody pointed it out to me. And this video had already had, at that time, it had, you know, I don't know, a couple million views or something. And then uh, they're like, wow, people really are mad at you for this video. I, the the worst one to me, the one that I would, if I took offense to a comment, it's probably leave old people alone. Leave old people alone. Mm-hmm. Maybe the heart and the intention behind that is okay. Yeah. But my, you know, my dad, never actually had a dad, but my, my stepdad, uh, who I called my dad for years and years and years, died when he was 94, lived oh, wow. a full life. He was the pull-my-finger guy all the way to the end. Yeah. Super proud of this, right? Yeah. Um, could make it work. He could use it really well and everything. And I was kind of raised around this environment where, like, I knew that anybody could appreciate mm-hmm. humor yeah. and comedy. It doesn't matter... I don't care if you're a veteran, if you're old, if you're young, if you're, you know, none of that stuff really makes any difference. And so I never really discriminated against, I never really looked at anybody and thought, no, nah, I'm not going to go get them. I'm not going to prank them. I'm not going to, mm-hmm. it just, if the opportunity's there, you know, I would just do it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I never, I just never saw things that way. I remember this yeah. one time we were in Hollywood and um, we were getting on an elevator and this was uh, just actually just a few years ago. We were getting on this elevator, and we were shooting a video that day going up and down. I think it was this, farting in an elevator. And um, all of a sudden, the doors open, and there's this lady with a guy in a wheelchair, okay? And she she's backing, she's pulling the wheelchair onto the, because the door's open for her, so she's pulling it onto the elevator. The doors start to close. She turns, and she looks at me. I had already looked at my uh, couple of guys that I was with, and I said, 
you know, we're not going to do anything. Because you could tell that the person in the wheelchair was incapacitated in some way. Yeah. And I'm not going to make a spectacle about anything. So we kind of w- let those opportunities go by, right? Sure. Well, and then these are, we're just kind of chi- chilling there for a minute. And this lady looks at me and her mouth drops open when she sees my face. And I'm like, uh-oh, am I in trouble? And she goes, she's squeezing the pooter. She's squeezing an invisible pooter in her hand. (laughs) And I'm like, and I pull it out of my pocket and I show it to her. I'm like, yeah. And she points, it was her son who was in the wheelchair. She points to him and goes, like that, she's egging me on to prank her son in this wheelchair. That's amazing. I'm like, okay, all I need is your... (laughs) <laughs> All I need is your permission. So I take this thing and, uh, you know, I cross my arms and I, I give it a squeeze. And he starts making this noise. I can't imitate it, but he starts making this noise. It was him laughing is what it was. Yeah. And he's looking back. He's trying to, like, look and everything. And finally, the doors open. She pushes the chair out, turns the chair, and he sees me and he goes nuts. This kid has been watching my videos for years. Wow. And that's awesome. I thought, how could anybody say, don't get that guy? Yeah. Don't get that. Don't get that lady over there because, you know, whatever. As if because somebody has a disability or they're of a certain age, they don't have a sense of humor. Yeah. So I would I don't say know. That, th- that that's probably the last couple of years that people have that probably mindset you know and i think they miss out on the fact that maybe people don't understand too i'm sure a majority of the time you go back and let people know hey by the way that was a prank this is what we do mm-hmm. oh, so yeah. that, i don't think it i think people just have this idea that you've just filmed them they felt weird and you just left it there like that and, yeah sometimes you know, that might happen for yeah. whatever reason but that's certainly not the intention but i think yeah. maybe people have this idea that you know once you get your footage you just leave it be and I think it's it's fair to say that that's probably not always the case or even the intention to hurt anybody or, you know, and to be honest, you know, as someone who has a lot of experience with older people, they actually have a, a, sometimes a better sense of humor than younger people. Yeah, about stuff. You know? No, it's true. And, yeah, it's um, true. But I mean, you you do a lot of cool stuff that uh, and, and, and I don't know. I don't know if um, you. I don't know if, if if you are as passionate maybe about some of the other content as you are with the Pooter stuff. Um, that, that I would guess so. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but some of the stuff that you have put out has just been, gosh, golden lately. Uh, like one of my favorite things to mimic of yours is messing with the, um, you know, the, uh, the scam calls, the people who call up mm. for the uh, – mm-hmm. uh, they call up for – what is it? The um, – the IRS scam oh, is oh, a big one. Best. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I love how you just kind of, you you know, you'll waste their time. And, yeah. And you, you have that old man voice that you do. Yeah, and yeah. And it's, it's really, it's good stuff. I, I've, yeah. I've kind of messed with that with that a little bit. They'll call up and I'll, I'll, I'll get real Southern real quick. Mm, good. You know, and be. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I'll just start being like, uh, well, well, you know, Mom, is this about the this about the alarm clock that I left out in the field there? And they're just like, no, no, sir. What this is about the uh, your Chevrolet two thousand five Chevrolet, and I'm like, uh, and I just start naming random cars. I'm like, oh, is this about the the Oldsmobile? This must be the old. 
Yeah. I'll keep yeah. those. Uh, oh, it's the uh, the warranty people. I'll yeah. keep them on oh, the yeah. phone as long as I can. Mm-hmm. And they'll just be like, you know, uh, like, which cars do you have? And I'll just start mm-hmm. naming car after car after car after car until yeah. they um, just get realized that I'm messing with them. And, yeah. you know, the longer we can yeah. keep them on the phone, the, the the less the likelihood of scamming someone they are. But. See, and it's a lot easier to scam them and trick them mm-hmm. with a crazy voice like that. And that's the thing. If you, if you talk like you normally talk or I mm-hmm. talk like I normally talk and you start doing goofy things or saying silly things, then they're going to they kind of pick up on it a little bit quicker. You can keep them on the phone longer. If you're doing an old man voice, old lady's voice, mm-hmm. you know, somebody from the deep south, something yep. like that, because then they take advantage of that and they think that. So if you answer the phone, hello, yeah, they immediately they got you exactly where they want you. They think, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, good. I got this. I'm going to definitely take his money, oh, yeah. you know, so it's fun. Yeah, it's and it, it's it's really great. And I think more people should check out your content just for a how to <laughs> when they get those calls, you know. Yeah. So um, lately you've been putting uh, some some content out that um, has been it's very evident that you are a believer in Christ. Um, and I think for me, one of the one of the first videos I had seen where I'm like, man, what a what a heart. I wonder if he's a Christian. Hmm. Um in in recent memory, I think uh, I think y- it was you and your son had gone and just invited the home some homeless people to McDonald's, mm. and I, I I remember seeing some of the hate comments there about people who have make comments like oh why why'd you, why'd you video it yeah why'd you vi- or you know the best hate comment about that video is why didn't you why didn't you take them to someplace healthy <laughs> <laughs> you can't even buy a homeless guy yeah. a happy meal you know what I mean because why didn't you feed him broccoli why didn't you bring him you know it's absurd it's absolutely crazy yeah and this in la in this particular place that we did this there was a we were driving by and uh my son had a gift card that he hadn't used and he's like i really want to do something good with this that's why we did that yeah there's a big park across the street directly from a mcdonald's and uh the homeless sleep there and stay there and live there and whatever and that's why it was just the convenience factor it was like a bunch of people that probably want to eat, and here's McDonald's. So yeah. that's why we did it that way. And it was great. I mean, um, you know, and people don't seem to understand that, okay, yeah, you videoed it because it helps to inspire. Yeah. And um, I, at least that's my take on it is, you know, it helps inspire. People are going to see that video and be like, wow, what a good thing. Wonder if there's something I could do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it definitely, it, to me, the video did, ne- did not come across as, hey, look at this good thing we're doing. We're good people. It wasn't that even a little bit. Yeah. Thank you. I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't video stuff like that. Yeah. It, it was a, out of my element to do that. Um, I did it in that particular instance. I've done it a few. There's a few times that I did it. Like there's one time where I was giving money to people directly. And I did that because it was hilarious. It was really funny video. Yeah. Because the way that the money was given, it, there's there was a twist to it, and I don't I won't go into it, but it's funny, and so that made sense to me. But just going out and doing good deeds is not something that I've ever filmed or really done. In that particular instance, it felt good to me. It felt like I was on an outing with my son. I was super proud of him because he's got this gigantic heart yeah. for uh, you know to help people, and I'm like let's. Let's make this a really, really cool thing that we can look back on and go, this is cool, you know, yeah. what happened. So, oh, it was why. definitely definitely very inspiring and to, to, 
you know, know that that was your son's uh, idea and something he wanted to do, it makes it even more special. Cool. You know? So uh, as far as your content goes, um, have you avoided, uh, have you, have you felt like you had to avoid doing uh, like overtly faith-based stuff to not like maybe alienate some of your audience or is it a bit of conscious decision or did you just not feel like it felt it like it fit what you were trying to do actually i don't think i ever thought about it one way or another um i just I, i've definitely never held back on purpose or felt like um yeah i think i've always been somewhat outspoken okay about the lord when whenever it was appropriate and didn't feel like there was anything you know forced for a specific yeah. purpose or anything it, like that. it often I, it, it often for i feel like for some christian content creators a lot of it does feel very forced and not in, inauthentic mm-hmm. and it's 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 not very palatable you know and mm-hmm. when i have seen it from you it's been very like well that's the real deal mm-hmm. and it's uh and and you know but i know for some who are christians who create content that isn't pro- necessarily geared toward a Christian audience, um, you know, a lot of times I find it's a conscious decision so they mm-hmm. don't alienate anybody mm-hmm. uh, because I, I believe that they feel like, well, you know, if they're overtly Christian, there are people who might, you know, just be like, oh, well, I'm an atheist. I, I don't follow that. Anymore. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. need this, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so that's interesting that it's just, you just went about your content the way that you felt like you should. And, um, I mean, it's the the what I again what I always appreciated was just the authenticity of everything you you ever did. It's just it comes across very, um, I don't know. It's very relatable, I think, and I think that's mm. one of the reasons why I like it so much because it's. I mean, anyone can do an old man voice when someone, may, you know, makes a phone call, and I think we because of that we could sort of live vicariously through you because you know, I mean, it takes a very special uh, person to be able to create you know, some of the moments that you create clearly on the fly, like your access to funny is far beyond most people, I think, you know, because it takes, it's not easy to come up with something clever to say or a, um, in a moment to continue on a joke, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I think that that's, um, it's a talent and a half, man. It's, I, I've tried to do the comedy thing and it's exhausting. <laughs> it's like, how, I just don't know how people do it, mm. <laughs> you know. The, the, uh, when you're on your own time, it's it's um, it's a little it's a little easier, I yeah. think, and uh, you know you can kind of I don't know, I'm not always necessarily in the mood to do it, you yeah. know, but um, I remember I uh, I did this thing for George Lopez, and uh, when he had his TV show, his talk show, yeah. And he sent me, he would send, I was a correspondent for him and he would send me to events and stuff. And one yep. time he sent me to the Grammys. And uh, so I represented the George Lopez show at the Grammys. <laughs> and I got the mic and everything. And it was a show that was on TBS. And uh, celebrities would come by the red carpet, you know, and I'm interviewing people and stuff. Yeah. And I did nonsense there to these people. I love nonsense. And uh, nonsense is tough when you're like on the spot. You got to think of all these random words that don't go together and string them along and Mm -hmm. say something that doesn't make sense. And so Nicki Minaj and Miley Cyrus and all these people were coming by, you know, and I was pranking all these people. And uh, that was exhausting. That was the first time I had ever done something really out in public that 
really was exhausting. Yeah. Because you got these people behind you. They're like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, you can't take your time because you got one shake. Miley, Miley Cyrus is there. You got one chance to get this right, you know. And um, But, yeah, you're right. It is kind of, you know, tiring. Gosh, I, I don't even know. I I think part of me, there'd be this voice in my head going, I'm meeting Miley Cyrus for the first time, and this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm <laughs> it's so... <laughs> I, I work with um, Circle now, which is, a, you know, the Grand Ole Opry's TV network. Oh, okay. Okay, the Circle network. And uh, I have done some stuff for them. And so now I'm talking to some of the people that I pranked that night, like Little Big Town and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, these guys... So uh, that's, you know, really fun because that's the other thing. You never know, like different steps along the way through this journey. You, you, you meet up with these people again. And so you got to you want to hear something really awful since you're a Christian music guy. Yeah. I got to tell you this. So Lecrae was there at the Grammys <laughs> that night. This is, I can't believe I've never I've never promoted I've never publicized this. I've never said this like live anywhere. I don't think. Exclusive on the Tom Golly podcast. That's right. So. Uh, Lecrae, okay, excited me that night more than anybody else because I'm a Christian music guy too. Yeah, yeah. He was Christian music guy right here. It's Lecrae for crying out loud, you know, so I'm excited. Nobody on my crew could understand that. So they were like, you got to get these people over here. They were pointing to these other people, you know. And uh, Tyga, that's who it was. This, this, what is he, a rap guy or something like that? Something like that, yeah. He, he's, he's over here. He's, j he's getting interviewed by uh, Guillermo. Was next to me from Jimmy Kimmel yep, Live, Kimmel. and Guillermo was interviewing a uh, Tyga. <laughs> I had to hit hit Tyga next. He was on his way to me, and I see Lecrae over there. I'm like, I gotta get Lecrae. What are we doing? You know. So they're like, kind of amusing me. They're they're kind of like, uh, what's the word? Um, humoring. Yeah, humoring yeah. me. Thank you. Not amusing me. Uh, they're humoring me. They're like, okay, 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 okay. So I'm yelling at at Lecrae. I'm like, hey, Lecrae, and we make eye contact, and I do some nonsense on him. It's from a distance, but we made eye contact, and he was confused, and I knew it. And everybody knew it. Good, you got him. Well, they didn't use that for the thing. I finished the thing that night. A year later, I go to a Christian music festival. Now, a lot of Christians have figured out that I'm a Christian, so... When I show up at these Christian music festivals, they recognize me and they know me. And so yeah. they talk to me and stuff like that. But I was I was so excited because um, Lecrae was at this Christian music festival. And I, doggone it, I was going to meet him face to face and I was going to remind him of what happened the year prior. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I wait in line. Like any good fan, I waited in line with everybody else. And I'm at the end of the line. He's up there, you know, signing autographs and handing out stuff and taking pictures and all this stuff. And I get all the way up, okay, to the front of the line. Look, I'm this far away from him. Gosh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. It's so embarrassing. And I say, I don't know if you remember this or not, but last year when you were at the Grammys, I represented the George Lopez show. And I had the mic and everything, and I started messing with you with the nonsense. Remember that? And you looked at me, and you were so confused. And I go into this long, long spiel about what happened. He doesn't say anything, but he just listens intently. I get to the end of my spiel. 
And he looks at me and he goes, Jack, I appreciate that, brother. But uh, I'm not Lecrae. I'm Toby Mac's drummer. <laughs> oh, no. If there has ever been the most awkward white guy moment, mm, how do yeah. you get that far away from somebody? He made me feel better. Uh, I was mortified, and he knew I was mortified. And finally, he he kind of nudges me like this, and he goes, "Hey, man, don't feel bad. I've been getting it all day." <laughs> so that helped, but I was still like, "I can't believe that just happened." There's no way. That's so. hilarious, man. Yeah. So I I saw recently a um, it was a I think it was Instagram. You were you were greeting at church, and you yeah. did a little bit of nonsense. Yeah. And I thought that was really good. I like that. Thank you. I, um, we got an email from our church that we go to and they said, Hey, you know, we're looking for volunteers. And so my wife and I volunteered to greet people at the church and wear the little tag and whatnot. So we did. And then, um, I wrote to my pa- I sent my pastor a text message. I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm greeting people coming up on Sunday. Just wanted to give you a heads up. I want to let you know, I'm going to be good. <laughs> and he gets back to me, he wrote right back to me, and he goes, Jack, listen, you know I don't ask much of you, but please do not be good. <laughs> That's and I'm like, great. I'm in the right church. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is my church. That's great. You know, I, I always thought, man, and, and maybe you've done this and I just haven't seen it, but it'd be awesome to send you in to like a either like a UFC fight like or mm. like after after the fight and have you as a reporter and just do nonsense and be like so you know and like do mm-hmm, nonsense mm-hmm, or the interview mm-hmm. and then stick the mic and see what they do yeah i can only imagine oh it'd be that would be a blast or even like uh, you know NHL games it's like make the end of NHL game nonsense questions and because they always have the cookie cutter oh well, you know it's always about team jim you know it's about team about winning games we're just you know we're out there just trying to get better it doesn't even matter what you ask him anyway. No, so no, it might be interesting no. to see. <laughs> well, Miley, in this video, this Grammys video, people are caught off guard. Oh, yeah. They just don't know. And some people just want to leave you as quickly as possible and just pacify you so that they can get the heck out of there. And uh, I remember Miley Cyrus, my my line, this just fell right out of my mouth. Salad mixed with an anal tart, and it's great. And I handed the, <laughs> f- the mic to her, and she goes, yeah, it's terrific. And she just kept moving on. The, like, she acknowledged what I said as if it were something of some significance wow. and then she just kept you know so <laughs> you, you, people are just they're not really paying attention they're just like yeah 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 yeah, yeah you know yep. so uh, yeah something like that would be fun yeah it is pretty wild yeah. I, I, again I enjoy your content very very much and thank it's, you it's, it's, thank it's, you it's clever as heck man and thanks a lot I hope you get to meet Lecrae sometime soon mm. I don't want to <laughs> I have decided I'm just, I, I, you know, and I never understood that either. I'm like, wait a second here. You know, how could how could I be this close to this guy? I'm like, I would, because other people have told me, like, what, yeah. everybody look alike? Of course not. What, are you kidding me? Yeah. It happened to me. What the heck is the matter with me? Yeah. But one day, one day I will, I will approach him face to face and I will tell him what happened with Toby Max drummer. I've been, mist- so there was a time. Years, probably years ago, my wife yeah. and I went to a Mercy Me concert, mm. and um, you know, back then, I, you know, I, I, I was, I was not a singer. I was not even an artist or anything like that. We just went there. I was a fan, you know, 
and I wore this fedora that was very similar to one that the lead singer was always on social media wearing. Oh, yeah. So I walk out of the bathrooms, walking through the lobby, and yeah. someone's like, oh, my gosh, can we get a picture? Yeah. And I'm like, why? And they're just like, what do you mean, why, man? We're we love your band. And I'm just like, oh, you think, yeah. oh, you think I'm Bart Millard. Yeah. So I explained to the guy, look, I'm not him. I'm sorry. And he thought it was so funny. He's like, let's take a picture anyway. So I ended up taking a picture with these people yeah. as the guy who they mistook. <laughs> yeah, because they're going to trick their friends and say, look who we met. Oh, yeah. But I, I honestly, <laughs> I, 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 I was at the Dove Awards. I had people, which... I don't think I look anything like the guy, but yeah. they thought I was. Um, they thought I was uh, Mike Weaver, Big Daddy Weave. They thought yeah, I yeah, was yeah, him, yeah. and I'm mm -hmm, like, I'm mm -hmm. like a foot taller than that man. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm like, yeah. what? I, I, I wish I sung like both those people. You know what it is <laughs> when people see on screen. This is what it was for me too. Yeah, the, it's all about the environment that you're introduced to somebody, yeah. and then when you see when you see them on screen versus in real life. Yeah, sometimes it's just a different thing. Have you ever been you mistaken know. for Jim Brewer even a little bit by anyone? Not a little bit. Okay. It, it happens it all the happen time. It does happen all the time? Okay, I thought so. Uh, not that long ago, I was in a bookstore, and this guy walks up to me and he goes, I uh, I don't want to make a big deal about this, but uh, I freaking love you. <laughs> I'm like, hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Now, most of the time, people are like, you're Jack Vale, or the fart guy. Yeah. Or... Something like that. So I kind of expected that. And he goes, uh, Goat Boy? It's <laughs> the best. Yeah. <laughs> so what people don't know, what yeah. people don't know is Jim is a really good friend of mine. Yeah. And Jim uh, called me the other day and he goes, twice in the last week. People want to know from Jack Vale. <laughs> and if you've never sat down, Jim is actually a very, very successful stand-up comedian. Yeah. Like, he's actor and, you know, all these, he's an incredible guy. Uh, all these talents and gifts and everything. But as a stand-up comedian, the guy sells out every show oh, that yeah. he does and tours and all this kind of stuff. Well, you, you get into, like, a conversation with Jim. And he he kind of has regular conversations with people the way that he is on stage. Oh yeah. So he's very animated and he's kind of like, yeah yeah man yeah. You know, he tell you yeah, something. Yep 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 yep. There it you is. You know. <laughs> and uh, so it's fun because the two of us will sometimes you know we'll sign an autograph. He'll sign Jack Vale, or you know people will ask me and I'll try to like imitate him or oh, you know hilarious. whatever. Yeah. The first time it happened to me was in 2012. And I was in Huntington Beach, and this guy who was probably on something, and he was downtown at the beach, and he was like, we were filming a TV show at the time called Bloopers mm -hmm. with uh, Dean Kane, and it was this like bloopers and practical jokes. It was mm -hmm. a new, the new version of it, right? So we were doing these, these uh, gags and stuff, and we were taking a lunch break, and I was with a couple of producers, and we were walking down the sidewalk, no cameras or nothing like that. And then all of a sudden, I just hear, "Woo, yeah!" And I turn and look. You know, it's Huntington Beach, so it's like it could be anything. But I turn and look, and there's this guy. I love you. And I'm like, 
hey, thanks, man. He gets up, he starts running over to me. We take pictures, the whole nine yards. And he's got a friend of his with him. Yeah. So what are you doing here? We get into this whole conversation about how I live there and he can't believe it. And he thought I lived in New York and all this kind of stuff, right? And finally, we get to the end. And it wasn't until the end of the conversation he goes, half-baked. That was his movie, half-baked. Half-baked. And then and then it clicked with me. Oh, okay, okay. He thinks I'm Jim. Very good, man. Yes, that's so, so good. You know, yeah, that's funny. Um, Jim's a Christian. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. I, got I, saved about I don't know, maybe ten years ago or something like that. You know, and he just I I I got a lot of respect. Like I've always had a big big a big fan of his. I I went to one of his uh, specials that he recorded at the Paramount uh, in mm. Huntington, Huntington, Long Island. Mm-hmm great what what stinks is he did this whole bit about long island mm. and it wasn't on the special oh and i'm like oh like because when people joke about your hometown that yeah. only you get yeah you're just like yeah i can't mm. wait to tell people about this and it's not yeah. there I'm like, yeah. oh boo <laughs> but um i got a lot of respect for him you know yeah. he's really standing his ground on um you know just on some of his beliefs lately when it, with the um, he canceled a couple of shows because the venues are either required or choosing to, um, you know, want proof of vaccination. And he's like, look, I'm not about that. I'm not about, you know, making decisions whether or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's not again. And he's like, look, I'm not anti-vax fine, but I'm anti like you can't go to a choice. Yeah. Yeah. And I got a lot of respect for him standing his ground going, look, if I if I end up having to have a career where I play in people's backyards, that's fine. And that's you know, that's Christ-like to me, man. And that's, you know, it's it's really, really, it, it just, it's one of those things where, you know, people like yourself and him, it's like, you're like, oh, I've always really liked them. Oh, they're Christian. Now it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. You know, Jim, uh, I, I can say, I can say this on his behalf 1,000%. Mm-hmm. He is, it. The, the, the thing about this, the vaccination thing, is that it legitimately reminded him of segregation. Yeah. And that's really what it was all about for him. He really took his mind back mm-hmm. to like the 50s. Yeah. You know, and thought, "Wait a minute. What are we doing?" Mm-hmm. You know. And that's why it was so important to him cuz he's like everybody, I don't care what choices you make, you have the right to get a ticket and come laugh yeah. at this show. And so he just couldn't in good conscience, you know, he just yeah. He just couldn't couldn't do it. And you know, I have a lot of respect for him. I also yeah. have respect for this, the the guys too. And just just to say, not to say I don't respect the guys who say, well, it's what the venue's choosing to do. I'm mm-hmm. out here trying to make a living. Like that's fine too. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he said, well, this is where I stand, and I'm not going to compromise. That that's always that that's always very special. And I think that's really great. That's cool that you know well, him. That's neat. Yeah, especially when it's you know you. It's not a popular decision to make. Yeah. So you got to give somebody credit for being bold enough to be able to make that decision. Sure. In the same way that, you know, well, not exactly in the same way, but almost kind of like how um, it's important to be bold in your faith. Right. In Christ. It's not that easy to do that anymore. It was yeah. It was even a little bit easier 15, 20 years ago when people were raised in church and stuff you know yeah. the world has cha- shifted and changed a lot now you you've been a little more bold uh, like just actually think it was today you posted an instagram video hey can you actually pull that video um on instagram where you i think i have it set to um kind of toward the end there uh you kind of go toward the end uh, there you go right there oh yeah you you prayed with this woman what? oh mm-hmm. I, I just like happened it. to be carrying this thing around with me no and i thought ahead. wow man like that's first off that's bold 
to to pray in a Walmart. But what an amazing ministry that you have, whether you realize it's ministry or not, but making people laugh. And then you actually took the time to pray with her about her situation. And I thought, you could turn that well, off if you want. Well, it reminded me. Oh, listen, listen to this. Pray as long yeah. as it gets me through. Then my yeah. husband's drinking constantly. And it's oh. Like, oh. Hey, we're in the middle of Walmart, but you're obviously a believer. Can I pray yes, with you? Yes, I am. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, oh, what's boy. your name? Janelle. You God, know, I pray for Janelle right her now. son pray, Lord, committed suicide. Her husband was alcoholic or something yeah. like that. And there's somebody else in her life that passed away even more recently. I mean, oh, she's getting ready. She was getting ready at that time to go into surgery for something. And, you know, it just, it just that moment reminded me that you don't know mm. who's around you. Yeah. You just don't know who's around you. Here you are. Having a great day, yep. and you don't know have any idea what somebody's going through, and uh, yeah, so it's a powerful video, man. It really is. Ah, uh, good. I'll be honest; it c convicted me a little bit because here I am, this I'm this Christian artist. I do go on tour. I get on stage and tell people how great God is and hmm. to love people better. And yet, recently, I was at a get uh, the place I get coffee. It's a White Bison in um, in Laverne. Uh, and there's a sweetheart of a girl who's always smiling, always mm. happy. And mm -hmm. to th this day, that wasn't the case. And I was like, hey, you good today? And she just went, no, uh, I just found out a friend of mine passed away mm. and, and I'm stuck working. I can't leave. And I was just like, oh, man, that's horrible. Well, hang in there. And I left. Mm -hmm. And seeing you do that went, man, I missed it. See, like, you could have just been like, well, thanks for being in my video. See you later. But you you knew what you had to do there. That convicts me to go, man, I need to do I need to do that. I need to be better at having those moments to go, wait a minute. This is my moment to say, hey, can I pray with you for a minute? Hmm. Rather than go, well, hang in there. I didn't do her any favors. I didn't. I missed it, man. And, and thank you for that reminder. That was a really big reminder, I think, to anyone who's a Christian to watch that, to go, man. You know, we, we how often have we had that opportunity to pray with someone who really could use it, mm, you wow. know, instead of wow. typing prayers on a social media mm -hmm. comment, you know, mm -hmm. when we don't actually pray. And it's like, so, man, like, thank you for the, sharing that. That was actually a really good reminder for someone like me who should know better. <laughs> mm. And um, that was really a, a, just a powerful, powerful moment. And uh, well, you know, that's just that's just one specific example oh yeah uh, i've i've missed it you know yeah and we do we miss it we fumble our way through this life and yep miss it all the time and how often do we go the other way you know all of us included and and we you feel that tugging yep. that pull but you still go the other way yep 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 it's not you know and that night you go to bed and you go doggone it you know mm. but uh yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Well, I think it's great that you shared it, and I, I, I really hope it inspires more people. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sure you're smart enough to stay out of the comments for, <laughs> to see, you know. I try to. I try yeah. to. It's not easy. Listen, I, yeah, with the best of them. I mean, I, I, if they, they make me mad. I, I read the stuff, and I'm like, oh god, they don't like me, yeah. you know, or. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, but, uh, like I've seen, like I've seen things, um, like out, uh, was it Owl City? 
There's a group out there. The, the, what's his real name? I think Adam. Adam Young, yeah. Mm, mm. Um, I think Adam Young, uh, or AKA Owl City, uh, like he started to occasionally like put out just something on YouTube of him singing like an old hymn because he'd be sitting in, and he put like I'm just singing at my piano thinking about all that God has done for me and, wow. and and you know and the comments from people would be like you know I'm really tired of this religious crap from you man like wow. please get back to making good music again yeah and you know I don't I don't I don't think he ever like went oh no people hate it he i think he doubled down <laughs> yeah you know and honestly like he it's crazy that a you know a, a, a secular musician has put out the best version of in christ alone i've ever heard which is a version of hit that he did mm. sitting at his piano in his house like nothing crazy wow it's just honest and he talked about just you know he he was kind of going through scripture and he was sitting huh. at his piano and he you could hear it he kind of is is weeping a little bit in the song and it's you know it's got wow. that owl city auto-tuny vibe to it yeah but it, yeah it's really really special and it's like but it's wow. interesting to see the hate comments people will throw just because you're doing a good thing and there are people who actually act like you're hurting someone by praying with them you know the, wow. oh why are you trying to indoctrinate people like this the, the ridiculousness yeah. that people throw out there yeah you know? yeah but uh kudos to you for not really letting that influence you in any way as far as being scared to to go that route you know it, yeah. um it's interesting cuz i'm on the other end of the spectrum almost all the content i ever do is essentially um you know it's it's ministry minded it's it's focused on the brand which is you know christian yeah. christian music mm -hmm. and a lot of times i want to branch off into things that aren't quite in the vein of ministry but not necessarily like a bad or anything mm -hmm. but it's like oh is that how well received will that be if people would be like oh interesting you, like i i you know, I have I'm about to put out content where I'm all about flipping and making money. I want to do like things like hey, going to garage sales and show people how to make money. Yeah. Um and because I want to teach people, hey, look, you don't have to be broke. There's ways to make money. Let me show you. And you know, as a joke in our in the theme song that I'm putting out for it, like it says there's like a part of it, it's from a movie, but basically it's greed is good. Yeah. And I don't really think greed is good, but it's for the it's just for the entertainment value of it. Mm -hmm, and, I, mm -hmm. and like it's I'm scared to go that direction because it doesn't you know, it might alienate me from, oh, well, he's a Christian Christian, but here he is. He's got a thing and it says greed is good because people just miss it. Mm -hmm. So I, I get nervous sometimes or even in this podcast, I might even bring like an atheist soldier on here just because I find him interesting. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to hear his perspective on why he doesn't believe in things like that. And people may get upset by that mm -hmm. that normally support mm -hmm. me because they mm -hmm. think because i think people just have a high expectation of entertainers um whether they're christian or non-christian of where if, if unless you're like i think people just expect you to stay in one lane mm -hmm. and that's uh, that's a real fear for me and i think it's cool to hear from you that you've never really even thought about that you've just done what you feel called to do and it seems to work well for you mm -hmm. so there's no anxiety in that in that capacity, what do you get stressed about when it comes to your content and things? Uh, sometimes I'll have an idea about something and I'll execute that idea. And it turns out it wasn't as good of an idea as I thought it might be. Mm. Um, I never want to come across any way that I'm really not because it can happen when you're in the entertainment industry. You can you can create a piece of content that mm. that doesn't portray you the right way. And it might not have even been your intention of, uh, of the video in the first place, you know. 
This podcast is brought to you in part by Tone Junkie TV, your best source for Kemper, Helix, and Impulse Response profiles. Check them out on YouTube, all social media at Tone Junkie TV. Also check them on the web store at ToneJunkieStore.com. Use promo code GOLLY to get 50% off site-wide. That's right, 50% off site-wide, ToneJunkieStore.com. So it bothers me when I watch like a video like I got punched and I read a couple of the comments that people were upset because I made somebody else upset. Essentially, that's what it was, is the response of the person. If you've upset somebody, and to be honest, I'm not, I hate that. I really do. I, I, yeah. I, I can't stand it. I don't like to ever make anybody upset. It bothers me. The whole reason I do what I do is to get somebody to hopefully laugh. Yeah. Um, so when it, when it makes somebody upset, it it always kind of bums me out. And I try really, really hard to like talk them down from the ledge Mm -hmm. and get them to, you know, laugh a little bit and take it easy. Um, but it's rare, Mm. you know, it, it really is rare. It's not like it happens very often. I mean, it's probably 99.5% of the time it ends with somebody cracking a smile or something. Sure. Now, the, the, I think I think if I had to guess, and I'm, I could be completely wrong, and uh, but I would say that you, of of your content that I can think of, what might upset people the most in the moment before it's explained that it's a joke might be when you did like I think it's the sea tonight. Drive up, yeah. You, you kind of, I don't know, you you kind of drive up and say some like stuff like, oh yeah, you know. Uh, I, this, that, the other thing, but I'll see you tonight. I'll see yeah. you tonight, and I could see someone being like, "What the heck was that?" Yeah. Whoa, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was showing him actually that video, and I'm like, "Dude, you do that in the wrong town, you're getting shot." <laughs> yeah, that's a creepy. That's a creepy prank because yeah. because you're right. You, you know, you're <laughs> insinuating to strangers that you know who they are. Yep. <laughs> and that they know you. Yeah. And so they're immediately trying to place you in their mind. So when you yeah. drive by somebody and you're like. Hey, just want, real, real sorry about that, by the way, last time. But this time we're going to fix it, and we're going to get a flat, and we're going to fix it, and I'm going to be there. But it is going to be a little bit late. I just want to make sure you know it's going to be a little bit late. But I'm going to be there. They immediately go, who are you? And they're trying to place you. And sometimes, if you watch, there's a silence there. Because yeah. they're just looking at you going, who are you? Yeah, they're trying who to process it, what's happening. Yeah. And I can and, only imagine and, if you drive away and then get out of the car to try to go, hey, it was a prank. They're probably like, yeah. Oh, and I would never do that. <laughs> so the key the key element to uh, getting everybody to where they feel non-threatened mm-hmm. is to, to come across as a dumb good guy. Mm-hmm. You just... Or even yeah. just a dumb guy. Uh-huh. Even just a dumb guy. Because if you can get them to feel like you're just a guy that just is making a mistake, then you're fine. But if you come across threatening at all or you say okay. the wrong thing yeah. or something, then they're like, wait a minute, I'm going to call the cops. Yeah. And you don't want that. So I think you have, always have to kind of play the dumb good guy. Yeah. And you're always kind of you know going to be in a good position. Did you get any wild reactions when you did, um, when you did the thing with Kimmel with the, the social media stalking thing um no not really i uh 
that that was that's a creepy bit. I op- <laughs> very eye opening though. Yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah, it's wild, but eye opening. That the, the you know, yeah. like I tell my daughters all the time, like you know, when you see those those things that are like fill out this questionnaire if you're bored, like don't put that out there because yeah. now you're telling everybody what your first dog's a name about, was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like stuff that yeah. that might be this stuff could be questions on like a password protector thing. You know, yeah. like don't answer that stuff. Yeah, it's wild. It's really crazy. Um, yeah, I, I did several of those videos before Jimmy Kimmel, mm-hmm. and uh, I did a handful of them. And, and they're, you know, they're weird. We lived in Huntington Beach. Mm-hmm. So, number one, you got like 50% of your clients or victims are in bikinis and stuff like that, <laughs> yep, you know, on yep. the beach. And so, uh, but you're on Instagram and you do hashtag Huntington Beach, refresh. And you just sit there and you just refresh, refresh, refresh. And uh, you see somebody pop up and you realize they're right over there. Yep. They just posted something right over there. And if they're in like a bright orange shirt, well, now you know what to look for. You know, so you go find them. And by the time you track them down, you've discovered their favorite stuff. What do they like to eat? What do they eat today? You know, and things like that. And uh, so my bit on the social media stuff was really coming from a place of of usually trying to make them think that we know each other. Yeah. That way they don't feel threatened in any way. So I would never walk up and be weird with anybody. Yeah. I would usually say, "Hey Alyssa." And they and they'd be like, "Yeah? Yeah, how you doing? Hey, it's Jack. Good to see you." Right? They'll immediately shake your hand. They're a little leery, but they're like, "Oh, okay. What can you refresh my, yeah. you know, memory?" And then you say, uh, "You little dog, you know the cur- with the curly hair and whatnot. How's it? How's it doing?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, doing good." So now they think that you got some. You're building a rapport with them. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, that was really fun. I haven't done that bit in a long time. You know, it's interesting. There was one you did too, um, where like you pretended to be like psychic and can like, you know, know their phone code or that they had one or not. Oh yeah. And it's weird. It took me like I think it was like two or three of them. It mm. took me till the third one to realize, oh, they probably follow him around and watch him put the code in, and then he goes, oh hey, let me do this trick. That's probably how you yeah. do it, right? Yeah. No. And, no. We shot a whole bunch of those. Of the, it took. Gosh, I don't know. Maybe we approached a hundred people. I don't know. We approached person after person after person, and we took the four most common codes that okay. people do with their phone, and we got a handful of people, and we got the oh. correct. That's how we did that. Wow. Okay. So, so I, it was I patterns, number patterns, and design patterns yeah. on what most people do. I think that's wild. I think the most common one was like four ones or something like that. It was like Probably. one 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 one, or it was something real. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, it took, golly, it took a couple days to shoot it, and we, we had to hit up a lot of people. Oh, yeah. See, dude, I was in the impression you actually, like, followed people and waited till like, they took out their phone and saw what they did, yeah, and then uh, waited for another opportunity, to, or maybe someone else was like, yeah, uh, so guys, code's 4186. <laughs> probably would have been no. easier to do. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. But that's amazing. So, so you moved from Huntington Beach to Franklin, Tennessee. Yeah. What brings you to, ten- I mean, ten- I came to ten- Nashville, Tennessee for music. Yeah. What brought you here? Uh, well, we visited here. We I've always wanted to come to Nashville. We never visited. We finally did. Had a great time. The whole family came. Uh, we did all the nerdy. Uh, we did all. We went to the Johnny Cash Museum and oh, we yeah. went to all. Did all the Broadway stuff and uh, except for the bar. We're not a. We're not bars people. 
Um, Same, yeah. But it's still, you're walking down the street and you see all the famous, you know, the bluebird and all this stuff. It's still fun and cool. We went to the Opry and we did all this stuff and we're like, we love it here. And then we visited Franklin. Really, really liked Franklin because Franklin rhymes with Franklin. And so, I guess. So, uh, we love that city. Went downtown and we're like, oh, we love this. We just love it. Moved back, uh, or excuse me, went back had a family meeting and said, we just feel the urge to move. I think, you know, what do you think? And we all thought it was a great idea. Madison, my daughter, she's a singer, and it made sense for her to be somewhere where there's music going on. You sing too a bit. I've heard you Uh, sing. You've heard me sing? There was a video you put out years ago. You think you did a duet with She Was Little Little? Oh, Madison. That was Maddie? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. I, yeah. I was like, she was I, five. Yeah. And I was then. like, this guy could sing too? Yeah. Yeah, it was She's really, really well done. almost 20 now. I told you, I was actually a fan, man. Well, that's, incre- <laughs> that, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, well, I, you know, yeah, before that was before um, YouTube, I think. Yeah, because Maddie was five. So. But yeah, you, um, had, I, you had definitely posted. It might have been an older video when you had shared it, but I remember seeing yeah, it on social. Might have been it, shoot, could have been MySpace. It probably was a few <laughs> years later or something like that. Yeah. But I, I opened uh, for Big Daddy Weave a little bit before YouTube and all that stuff. Did you seriously? I swear. Really? Yeah. So yeah. I didn't know that. I yeah. just remember it was like an older, older most, style church. You kind of stand there. Most people singing. don't. Yeah, most people don't. That's and wild. it was Jay, who uh, Jay Weaver. Who, who was like really fascinated with this thing, okay. with the pooter. And he was asking me like a thousand questions about it, you know, and stuff. That's awesome. And, um, it's a shame what's, what's kind of happened with I, how, how What's going on now? Uh, I don't know for sure. I only know what they've shared, but I know it's it's more more complications similar to what, what had happened to with his feet. Yes. It's sort of a similar scenario. And yes. It's heartbreaking because, like, I mean, I don't know those guys super well, but, like, the couple times that I have seen them live, Jay's the first one off the stage to go pray with people. I know, man. It was just, like, inspiring. Like, whoa. Yeah. He didn't even go backstage to wipe himself down. He's just like, who wants to pray? We're here. It's like to, to see someone's faith like that, it's got to be hard on the family to, to be like, wow, you know. You're right. And, and, and to see someone go through mm. – what that guy has gone through and have his, I mean, I can't speak totally for him, sure. but ha- basically have his faith, it appears to be unshaken. Yeah. And to, uh, it's just absolutely blows my mind. And we, we did that. We did a, uh, we were in, I think Grants Pass, Oregon and at a, this little church and it was, it was a decent sized church and was probably filled up about 15 to 20 percent of the church was filled up this night. I don't know why. Yeah. It was just very sporadic on this particular night. They had a marketing thing or whatever, some kind of an issue. Mm. And I, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, I wonder what these, I don't care, you know, but I'm wondering what these guys think, you know, about this. Like, what's it like for a band like them to come out on stage and see a few people, right? I got to tell you, man, those guys performed yep. and sang and ministered as if the place was packed. Oh, yeah. And as a group, mm-hmm. they are some of the most beautiful people. Oh, it's they're, fan- they're phenomenal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they just, they just even, in fact, Jay said something to me that night about, you know, if it's one or two, it's worth it. If it's yeah. one or two, it's worth it. Now, you, you, obviously, you know, you, you, you've, um, 
you've been here in Nashville a while. You you you, you mentioned off before we started that you're 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 with Con- Conduit Church. Is your Conduit? Church? Yeah, that's my church. Yeah. So now through all this uh, living in Franklin, being probably pretty close to the Christian music industry now. Um, now I understand you've got you got to know Carmen in in his last handful of months. What was that like for you? Um, you know, getting to know him. Did you go into that? like with an idea for a movie or was it just a chance meeting that like how how did that come to pass yeah it was a chance meeting it really was it was actually well not so much a chance i guess i mean how it happened was but Mm. a buddy of mine sent me a little uh like a you know online screenshot of something that that showed that carmen was going to be in this town about an hour from franklin uh and he just said you win and I'm like, all exclamation points, let's go, you know. So it was only a few days away. And uh, so we took off and we had a, a, a road trip to go see him. And it was just a great, you know, it was the greatest. My whole childhood came back to me. It's Carmen. Yeah. It's Carmen. Like, if uh, like the cool factor, I couldn't get it out of my head. It was just like, this is going to be Carmen. Yeah. I can't believe it. That's awesome. My brain went back to, um, uh, I, I know every one of his songs by heart. Uh, I've been to probably 12, 13 concerts in my life uh, of his. And uh, my brain went back to um, something that happened. I had an, an encounter with Carmen when I was 15 years old. Oh. And he was doing the Radically Saved tour. Okay. And Capital Christian Center, Sacramento, California. And... Um, there was a lady in my church. I went with my youth group and a few of the people in the church. And this lady in my church, and we had all kind of stood in line and got something signed or a picture or whatever, you know. And this lady, she walks up and finally gets up to the to the front. And there's this other room that Carmen goes to where all the merch is set up. It's almost kind of like a gymnasium type of place. And there's a stage in there, and his feet are dang- his legs are dangling off the the stage, and he's sitting there signing autographs for people. And I already had my turn. I didn't say anything to him. I was too nervous, you know. But he signed my thing, and and I beat it. And then uh, this lady from our church walks up. I don't know what she's doing. I think she's getting an autograph or something. And she walks up. She ended up telling him, you see that kid over there? He turns, looks at me. I didn't know this was happening. And she goes, it would mean everything in the world to him if you could pay him just a little bit of special attention. And... uh That's what happened. Hmm. At the end, the crowd starts to kind of dwindle down. Uh, He jumps up on the stage, so he kind of pushes himself up and hops up. And I hear, snap his fingers. And he goes, hey! And I turn over there and look. I'm looking around like this. And he goes, come on, let's go. And I didn't know what to think. (laughs) I was a 15-year-old kid who, like, he may as well have been Elvis Presley. Really. I mean, if you grew up in the church, Carmen was, um, he was the Elvis of Christian music. Nobody was like him. He even moved and sounded a little bit like him. I mean, it was just really, really cool. And uh, so I ended up following him backstage to this little room. And we sat there. We found a room. He sits on a couch. I sit on a chair next to the couch. And he just starts to talk to me, and he gets gets to know me, and he asks me questions about my. Uh, uh, he says something about 
my mom who said I should that he should talk to me and I said my mom my mom's not here and he goes oh the lady in the line and I said oh that's Nancy and uh, she's from my church so we end up talking Carmen stayed in this room with me for 30 minutes Wow! as I kept looking over at the wall at the clock I could barely understand what he was pouring into me because I kept looking at the clock because I couldn't believe this was happening it was such, yeah. a, such a big deal and um, he prayed with me, encouraged me. I said, I just think that someday we're going to work together. Now, at that time, I thought I was I was going to be a singer. Yeah. And I was going to sing the kind of stuff he did. He was like my, that's who I wanted to be, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, anyway, we're starting to leave, and I'll never forget this. Carmen says, you know, I bet we will work together one day. And I leave. I walk back over to my group. Some of his people have to... Oh, forgot to tell you something really, really cool. He's praying with me. And there's like a little knock at the door and the door opens and it's some people on his crew or something like that. And they're like... And Carmen, my eye kind of goes open like this. Carmen puts up his finger like this and they quietly close the door and back off. That was it. He finishes the prayer. Wow. And that was to a 15-year-old kid. Yeah. (laughs) That was everything like he wasn't gonna let nothing get in the middle of that so i go back to my group you know at the end of everything and but you were a superstar for that (laughs) oh it was i broke they were just like tell us everything what happened you know back there you know and i just started bawling like a baby yeah like i was so emotional and i couldn't believe that it just happened to me but it really changed you know it it changed my outlook because i you don't know how these people are in real life and and I heard stories about how people are when you meet them and stuff like that so who knows yeah so um I always I always remembered that and this this was like a rekindling of that it was like wow you know this is really going to be an incredible thing to see did he but, remember you when you re met him again he didn't say that he did yeah but you know we um we're, I was on the road trip with my buddy. This was last July. And um, I posted a selfie of us and while well, he was driving and I was in the passenger seat. And I just posted a selfie and I said, we're on our way to sea. And I tagged Carmen. Anybody, anybody remember this guy? And uh, comments started flooding this uh, my Facebook page. And everybody, almost everybody knew who he was. Yeah. And it occurred to me that over the years, I've developed a fan base on Facebook of a lot of Christians because they start to figure out clean content. Mm-hmm. He says things like, God bless to a lot of people. Like, they start to put pieces together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think over the years, I've been able to develop a lot of people that really uh, had the same vision that I had, and they want to see that carried out and and uh, appreciate that kind of uh, comedy. And so... It stands to reason that a lot of these people knew who Carmen was. And so we got all these comments that were like, is he still around? I thought he was dead. Does he still tour? How did the cancer thing go? People knew something, but they didn't know the end of the story. They didn't know how, what's this guy doing today? So um, that kind of put a fire in me to want to find out too. Yeah. So when we, so we got there. And some people started to see that we were there. And uh, a few people came up and kind of talked to me and stuff. And they were like, 
what are you doing here? You know? And I'm like, oh, I've been, I've, Carmen's a big deal to me. And then uh, Carmen's road guy who went on the road with him came over to me and he goes, are you a fan of Carmen's? And I said, yeah. They go, man. And then he sat next to us and he started telling us all about Carmen. Before you knew it, my buddy and I were on a tour bus with him and it was Mercy Me's tour bus that Carmen was in that night because his tour bus was broke down. Apparently tour buses break down all the time. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so we're sitting there on the tour bus and we just clicked immediately. And uh, social media is my whole world. So I was really curious about that. How are you doing on Facebook? How are you doing on YouTube? You know? And uh, so we started talking and then before you know it, we ended up talking on the bus for about an hour or so and he writes his name down on a sharpie and gives it to me and take off and then we just kind of started communicating about a week later we had our attorneys uh negotiate this life rights deal and uh took about a month to do that wow and uh to make a movie and um i'll tell you it's been an incredible journey Mm. um but I would have thought that he would be here for the end of the, for the finish line. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's the tough, tough part. So the, the movie's going to be, a, it's not a documentary. No. It's a motion picture. Yes. And so it, uh, I saw that you had had some, um, like an Indiegogo or something like that go yes. up. And so yes. Is, is that still a thing or has that been It's over. It's over. Um, it's uh, the Indiegogo thing was actually something I did not want to do, mm-hmm. and Carmen knew I did not want any part of an Indiegogo. I don't know how they work. I've never done a crowdfunding campaign in my life, uh, but you know, Carmen had this thing like his fans were really, really important to him, and so we're doing this other movie in uh, uh, February in North Carolina called A New Normal. And it's a true story. It's a faith-based film, too, about a doctor who gets in a car accident and suffers brain uh, injury. And um, it's based on a book that he wrote. So I knew that I knew I know how movies get funded and I know the process and we've been kind of walking through the steps of it. Yeah. And I knew that this was a home run. Like, this story is an unbelievable story. So I wanted, I wanted to go the traditional route, which we are. Um, I, I'm assuming that's investors. Investors or a studio movie or something like that, where, yeah, they get behind it and they go, okay, you know, here's your budget, you know, and, and you, you, you get it going. And that's what we did for this other movie. And it started out as, you know, a $1 million movie and ended up uh, almost $5 million just because of that. And so um, I know how that works, and I wanted to go down that road, and Carmen was just like, well, here's the thing. If you do if you do this crowdfunding thing, because I did it, I know a little bit about it from a few years ago, these guys are going to be the first people to see the movie and to spread the word and to get it out there, and they're going to feel like they're a part of something. Mm. And um, so I'm like, yeah, I, I get that. I understand that, you know. So we kind of settled on that. And so when he passed away, uh, it was such an unexpected thing. And uh, ultimately, we just, you know, I got together with the um, uh, with his estate, you know, his family that 
that have to deal with all of the aftermath yeah. of all of this stuff. And, you know, they were just like, let's, let's do this. I mean, let's honor him and do this the way that he wanted this done. So we did. And, um, yeah, so we're, we're super far along now. In fact, um, the first thing I did while Carmen was still, we, we had the whole story before he left this earth. I mean, we, we had gotten together so many times that I knew the story. And at one point I looked up at Carmen and I'm like, if you could take Goodfellas and put it with, I can only imagine that's the movie. I mean, that's the movie, right? Oh, I I gotta be in this. I gotta be. I gotta. I, I gotta be like yelling. Go get your shine box. You, you, <laughs> go I, get your shine box. You put me. Put me in, coach. <laughs> go get your shine box, huh? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, you know? That's pretty good. That's <laughs> oh. pretty good. Hey, you're from. You're. That's right. That's right. That's, that's right. home, man. Yeah, you, know? you know it. Wow. Get out of here. Yeah. You know, I I can do some Tony, Tony Soprano if you want. You know. What? Gosh, what? Carmen what? Loved. You, you think this is a joke, huh? Yeah. You think this is a joke? Yeah, yeah, and he loved that stuff. Yeah. He was such a big fan of the mob movies and and everything. You know? Yeah, and it was really close to home for him because he grew up by these probably, people. Yeah, he probably grew up you know, yeah. playing playing cards out in the front of the you know. Out in front oh of yeah. The front. <laughs> oh yeah, Wild you wouldn't stuff. believe. I'm telling you, man. I Carmen told me some stuff that happened from the time that he was about eight years old, mm. and some of that stuff followed him throughout his ministry. I mean, there are things about Carmen <laughs> that nobody knows that makes for, I got to tell you, probably one of the absolute best movies you've ever seen in your life. And it never strays away. The story never leaves what he was passionate about, mm. which was souls. And earlier in the, you know, a little while ago, you, you talked about... um Something about what it was like for him to go from stadiums yeah. to these smaller groups and stuff, you know. And um, Carmen was always, all the way until the end, was like trying to figure out if there was somebody else in the room who needed salvation. Mm. And that's the cool thing to me. Here's a guy who broke the world record for largest solo Christian concert yeah. of all time, who still holds the record still holds today. today. Yeah. 71,000. Three seventy one thousand one hundred thirty two people, I think, at the Texas at this Houston Stadium, I think the Texas Stadium, and I, you know, it was like, now he's at these smaller crowds, and he still that's the thing that's on the top of his head. And I remember being on the tour bus that night, and he had a handful of people going, you know, talking about T-shirts and how many this sold, how many of these sold, and that this that and the other. And Carmen stops our conversation and goes, hey, anybody know how many people got saved tonight? And he, and he wasn't doing it, like, to prove a point. It it popped into his head because the people around him were talking about numbers. Yeah. And the only number that he really cared about was how many people came up to get saved tonight. Yeah. Uh, it was a smaller church that he was in, and the answer was, like, seven, I think. But those seven people... That's all that was in it. That's what he's thinking about. And that's what did it for me. When I heard that, I'm like, wow, this guy. I got to get to know this guy. Yeah. I got to really get to know who uh, who Carmen is. It's easy to get lost, too. It's easy to get lost in all those numbers and the minutia of all that stuff. And then sort of like later be like, oh, uh, 
like when's the last time we even talked about Jesus? <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah, it's it's easy to get caught up in that. I mean, I'm just yeah. an independent artist with nowhere near the success that man has had. Even and you know, just trying to wrap my head around and like how crazy it must have been at the height of his career, but yet to still be focused on that all the time because he does have a, re a reputation for that. For like he was always focused on on that. Just you know. Being a ministry, salvation, and 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 trying to reach as many people as possible, and yeah. that's that's his that's his reputation with that. So, it's always struggling. Again, as an indie artist, a lot of times it's like the end of a tour comes and you're like, you know, how much money do we make? Got to pay the band. Oh, how much? You know, how much fuel? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, is the credit? Yeah. How much left on a credit card? And then it's like, wait a minute, got getting lost. It's easy to get lost in that stuff. Yeah, and. Totally for even just for a few minutes. Sometimes it's tough. It's easy to forget. Wait, wait a minute. That's not why we're here. We're here. How, how many people got saved? How many people were impacted by what we did? Yeah. And make that the number one thing. And I think because when 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 you do make that the number one thing, it makes everything else a little easier. Yeah. Because as long as you're doing that, you know you're you're winning, and yeah. the other stuff will take care of itself one way or the other. And I yeah. think that's pretty wild. But what was it every? Was it ever easy for him? Um, was it ever easy for him to always kind of look at that, or was it was it something that he admitted he struggled with at times? Which, as far as like keeping focused on that, or was it just so easy for him to keep focused on the ministry aspect of it and not get lost uh, in it? He never expressed really that it was hard. I mean, I'm sure he had some of the same difficulties that everybody had, but sure. he he really um, he really kept his focus. I mean, that was his his that was always his main objective and his main focus and here's a guy who really had so many things going for him that could have led him in a completely opposite direction mm. and i think he knew that when he got he got saved at disneyland oh under uh, andre crouch oh wow and they did the night of joy concert and andre crouch was there and he got saved there he's one of these guys that got when he got saved he was all in mm. he was all in and some people kind of misunderstood him as maybe judgmental or he had a mantle that couldn't be touched or mm. because he was so evangelistic. You know, he was like the Billy Graham of Christian music. Yeah. And and then he did free concerts because he didn't want anybody to have to pay to hear the gospel. Well, you know, that was in an environment, that was in an era where his peers were charging for concerts. Right. So that was a tough thing that he had to go through. He had to go with his convictions and do what God, the Lord, laid on his heart to do. But at the same time, it kind of makes everybody else stay away, uh, uh, keep distance from him because what are they supposed to say about that? Who was big? Like who? who like so, he was obviously the biggest at that one point. Who else was big in his era? Like what would would you call comp? Like who was competition for him essentially? Well, he never had any competition, but the people who were just as big as far as names would have been like Amy Grant, Michael W. Okay. Smith, Stephen that Curtis okay. Chapman, uh, Brian Duncan would have been one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, you know he never he never thought badly. That's the thing. He never thought badly about any of them charging for tickets or any of that sure. stuff. It's just that he felt impressed by the Holy Spirit yeah. to allow people to come see his concerts for free. It didn't make him popular with his. With the record execs, it didn't make him popular with his peers. It did, you know, but it made him very popular with the church. 
Sure. And with the world, because essentially unsaved people were coming in droves to the concerts, getting led to the Lord. And that was his goal. His goal wasn't any of the other stuff. Mm. It was the number of people that would come up and get saved that night. So that makes sense. And that's, yeah. That- you know, and, and it seems, especially in that era, like that definitely made him stand out for sure. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's even like the maybe it's sort of like the vein of Keith Green. I think Keith Green wouldn't, uh, you know, he he went out and kind of did it differently too. Yeah, he um, didn't charge either. Didn't charge either. Yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, it's tough because like as an indie, a good amount of the time, I don't charge. We're like, hey, well, these are what our expenses are. If you can help cover it, and, mo- and most church- churches are happy to do it. But yeah, you know, I, I've never been like. Nope, we're not coming because you can't pay us. Like I won't do that. Yeah, and and, and yeah. it's honestly it's the examples of people like Keith Green or even a Carmen. It's like man, they always did it and found a way to make it work. So who are we? Even yeah. if even though it's twenty twenty one and things are ridiculously expensive to do now, it's like man, it's still proven, man, that if God has called you to do it, He's going to provide one way or the other. Yeah, and if you're serious about what you're going to do, if it's about money, it's it's probably going to fail. True, you know, and. Um, it's 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 amazing. So I think it's amazing that you're you're making this movie, and uh, so it's been greenlit. It's happening. 100%. Oh, it's happening one hundred percent. We're gonna we're shooting next summer. Okay. Uh, we're about to announce in the next couple of weeks. Legit, like casting director, a uh, couple of the stars should be announced. That we're talking to some different people right now. That we are like. I just I wish I could tell you more right now. I yeah. we're just beside ourselves going, man, this is so exciting. And I'd be excited if I was in the movie too. I yeah, we we, we won't leak this, <laughs> but you know, even though I look a lot like Carmen, uh, no. I'm just uh, yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> got it. Yeah. But man, I that is so exciting that um that yeah. this is happening. And and you, you yeah. just Every every time from the minute you walked in the door here to now, like every every time the conversation turns to Carmen, you you light up in a way oh. that is is just clearly obvious. You and know what I think about? Uh, are you on a, you guys on a time crunch? No. Okay. Are you doing the ten minute thing for me? Okay. Yes. I'm I'm good for a few extra minutes. I got something to say. Okay. Um, you know, I I often wonder about a lot of things. Like I think. Destiny and, and um, no, not destiny. Forget that. You know, I always pay attention to what it seems like the Lord's will is for somebody's life. And I, I think it's important to look at the signs. Mm-hmm. The Lord sometimes puts you into contact with different people for a purpose. And mm-hmm. I think about my family moving here roughly four years ago. Mm. And if we never would have moved here, I wouldn't have met the guy who said, are you in (laughs) to go do this? And, you know, I've said for years and years, I've said, you know, I really felt like this dumb, you know, fart toy uh, and all these videos on YouTube and all this stuff was really a platform to do what I know I'm supposed to be doing. And um, this project now is such a big deal because the whole purpose of the movie is to lead people in droves to Christ. That's the purpose of it. It's entertaining like you wouldn't believe, but the end result of this is to hear is for people to really hear the gospel message from somebody who you never in a way you never should have heard it from. Because he had so many opportunities to go the other way. Yeah. So much temptation, so many things that this guy had to deal with. So I, I understand. I, you're right. I 
I, I feel myself doing that sometimes when I talk about Carmen because we probably had a hundred hours, no joke, of conversations yeah. about all these different things. And, and as I started to put the pieces together, this is one of those things that the Holy Spirit orchestrated and put everything where it was supposed to be. Mm. I promise you, Jack Vale can't do this. He can't, you know, I can't, <laughs> there's no way I can make something like this happen. Um, but the Lord started to put some interesting people in my life. And before we moved here, I got, I, I got a guy who reached out to me and said, my client is a legendary record producer he's a, and he's a big fan of your videos. And he wants you to come into the studio and prank uh, Kanye West. And uh, he's, we've got this idea and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm in, whatever this is. And I find out, this record producer's name is Rodney Jerkins. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know who it was at the time. You know, I had to kind of look him up and everything. And then I found out he produced for Michael Jackson. And, you know, I mean, the guy just did Justin Bieber songs and all this stuff. Like, Rodney Jerkins. Now I know who he is, right? Mm-hmm. So we meet up and we talk and we're, like, making plans to pull off some pranks and do some really, really fun stuff, you know, in, in uh, L.A. And... uh we never did any of that, by the way. We remained friends, but none of the other stuff came to fruition. Scheduling didn't work out. Different things, you know, whatever. Somebody's out of town. Somebody canceled a session. All this stuff. Um, I don't know why, but I, after one of my conversations with Carmen, I call, I call him. And I say, hey, I'm going to produce a movie about one of Christian Music's biggest artists of the 80s and 90s. And he goes, who? And I go, do you know who Carmen is? And he goes, Carmen? I was listening to Carmen yesterday. Hmm. So I run in the house. I call Carmen immediately. I'm like, dude, I got to tell you something. I told him exactly what Rodney said. I said, I just called Rodney Jerkins. And when I said I called Rodney Jerkins, he goes, the record producer? Carmen knew who he was. And this guy is such a Carmen like oh, wow. nut. That's this wild. guy knew the songs, and he was with his wife in the car in Malibu the day before listening to some of Carmen's songs. And um, so, you know, it was easy to get him on board. I mean, I told him about the story and everything, and he's like, I'm in 100%, whatever you... So that's one of the kind of, you know, the big things that we're going to be utilizing is being able to oh, uh, get a lot of this music and, and stuff like this, and recreations of Carmen's songs and a reimagined Satan Bite the Dust, you know, from one of today's <laughs> biggest, you know. So we're, we're negotiating all that stuff, and he's all jazzed about that. But there's those types of people who, there's another guy who's not a Christian, but he's an Academy Award-winning director. And he and I made a TV show. We created a TV show together and sold it to Fox. <laughs> and this was years ago. This is before any of this stuff. Wow. And I call this, and then he won an Academy Award for one of the greatest movies. And I call him up and I tell him all about Carmen. He has no idea, right? He had to do a bunch of research to find out who he was. Became intrigued, you know, really fascinated by this guy. So fast forward to today, it's like everything. And it's just like God brought these things in my life. Yeah. together so waiting for this and none of these people were like you're out of your mind this isn't gonna work no, no. way i mean they're all like no whoa yeah this is, no that's amazing yeah that is 
that is amazing. Yeah. In the entertainment industry, I'm sure, and you you know this probably way better than I do, but um, yeah, I mean, I know this in the music world is they will look for reasons to say no to things. The only time, <laughs> the only time was the director. Um, he said, uh, he, where's the, you know, he kind of wanted to know what's the dirt, right? What's the real, like, what's going to be that, you know, controversy almost or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, I thought about it. I thought about it and I, I finally it occurred to me, I think there's not really a controversy about Carmen, the man, the guy. But there was so much controversy surrounding him. Mm. There were so many people he was attached to, people around his life, who would leech on to him. Sure. And, you know, just it, the controversy is, and I would, I would name it, this, 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 this guy, and this is what happened. And, and then it became that the interesting thing about this was this was a man who was rock solid in his faith and had every opportunity for years and years, decades, to turn around and walk away or to be bought or to be bought yeah. by the industry and never did it. He never did it. Yeah. They went to him, you know, they went to him and, and when it was time to kind of, you know, cross over like everybody was doing, he was like, if I do that, then I'm just making music. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, all of this stuff happened um, when you, when you hear, when I'm able to tell you the names of some of these, the people involved, the further names, like actors and things like that, you're going to know, you're going to know their names. And, and it's, some of these people are not saved, but, <laughs> but they get it. They get it. They understand what it's like to be so passionate about something and that this individual was, happened to be passionate about souls. He happened to be passionate about salvation because this is what he believed he was called to do by God. That's amazing, man. It just sounds like God is using you to put together a very intricate puzzle, my man. That's yeah. really, 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 it's inspiring. And it's just all the full circleness of all of it too, you know? Um, and, and I hope the, I, I hope that, uh, that you, that you put a little moment in the movie. Um, it may seem like a nothing moment, but knowing the story when you met Carmen, I hope that's somehow in that movie mm. just to show his heart any impact on you because all of this ha probably happened beca because of that moment, you know? Yeah. That's pretty wild. It's there. Is it? Yeah, it's there. The script is done. It's being polished mm. right now, but it's done. That's amazing. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of little interesting stories like that. So you're filming in the summer and yeah. what's your target release? Is it, is it, 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 it going to be a like, Oh, I'm sorry. What's your target release? Beginning of 23. Okay, being twenty three. Is it yeah. going to be theaters? Yes. Wow, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm excited for you. I mean, yeah, we'll we'll have to come back and do like an update or something. I would like love that. that. I I would you you. I'd love to have you back every week. Just to make this the Tom Golly Jack Vale <laughs> podcast. You know. No. Now before we get out of here, um, you just announced something brand new. Mm. The uh, unveiled uh, network. Oh TV yeah, network. yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. What can we expect from that? Where can people find it? Well, so I, you know, I, this is something I've been working on for the past year or so. And, um, uh, it's a TV network, like an actual TV network, which is 
really unbelievable that I can sit here and say that. I can't believe it. Um, I always wanted to do something with the name Unveiled. Mm-hmm. And even we had a TV show five years ago on uh, HLN. It was a reality show that followed my family around doing pranks as a family business. Sounds kind of like a Christian band name, to be honest. Unveiled? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's spelled Veil in the middle uh-huh. in caps with V-A-L-E. Um, and so... The Unveiled Network is really just um, a place for those who really love to laugh. In fact, I think that's our tagline. Um, and so we've been working on it for a while, and basically it's a collection of pranks, comedy, 100% family-friendly. Okay. Um, and so we have licensed shows that are family-friendly and funny, and uh, and then created our own original shows, which we're still creating as a as a TV network. And then also, you know, over the years, I've I've developed relationships with a lot of people that kind of captured my vision for family friendly pranks. Yeah. And so there's there's these guys, J Stu Studios, um, who is uh, just a couple of of kids that act dumb and really funny guys. Now, well, now they're in their twenties, but. Um, and we've done some videos together. And then there's Tom Mabe. Do you know who that is? He's a friend of mine. I've d- he's done a lot of videos with me. I've probably seen him in, in one of your videos. Yeah. He, Tom Mabe is a legend, first of all. he Way before YouTube. Like, he was the telemar- Revenge of the Telemarketers guy. He was doing prank call albums. Okay. And they were wildly successful. Um, See, I'm from up northeast, so the Jerky Boys were the popular yep, like, yep, yep. prank call thing. Back yeah, then. I ain't putting them on my network. No, 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 no. no. But Definitely Tom not. Abe, he's going to be a part of it. So That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and then we've got, uh, you know, just people like that. Like So we've got hundreds and hundreds, even thousands of videos that have been turned into half-hour shows, and we're also creating new content that's similar to that. So a lot of pranks, a lot of sketches. Um and uh, and half hour TV shows. That's great. So where do you, yeah. where where do people find this? Well, it's brand new. Okay. So number one, if you want to watch some of the videos on demand, you can do that. Okay. Uh, just by looking up Unveiled Network on uh, anything iOS, Android, Roku, oh, okay. uh, Amazon Fire Stick. What are some of the other ones? Uh, all that stuff. Oh, okay. And then um, the actual TV network has barely launched. So I think so far you can watch it on like some of the like Plex and you know some of those types of places okay. where you get free live TV. Yeah. Um, but it'll be about a year process rollout, so it's going to be you know um, all the the smaller ones at first. Uh, Samsung TV Plus. Yeah. You know, you hang up the TV, connect it to the internet, you immediately got TV. Yeah. Right. We'll yeah. be there. That's so great. Uh, TCL, you know, the TCL brand TV. You can hang those suckers on We're on that. So Right there, TCL. You got a TCL TV? <laughs> yep. Hey, you do, yeah. Is, yeah. There you go. See, you can see me right now. You can see. Look, you even got a Roku. It's a Roku, too. Yes, it is. So you got two ways to. Yeah. So you can um, check that out. And then, uh, you know, it's going to be Comcast, Dish, Direct, all that kind of stuff. It just takes a little while to get the approval for everything. That's phenomenal. So it's TV network. Man. It's great. That's that's amazing. So from yeah, from from Habba Baba to I know your own TV network. I know, a, yeah, that's incredible. And yeah, then thanks. hopefully, hopefully, a number one producing a number one movie. Oh man, I just yeah, with the we just please pray for us and just you know we want to we want to get the word out and and uh, get this going. 
Well, man, it has been an amazing, amazing time here getting to know you. Uh, Same to you. Hearing your story and uh, look forward to having you back again. Thanks. So uh, to anyone listening or watching, um, be sure to follow Jack Vale on YouTube, uh, YouTube, Instagram. Do you do TikTok? You do TikTok. I, I do TikTok, not faithfully. Not faithfully. But yeah. I'm on there. Okay. So, I mean, basically, yep. you, if, if there's social media, you'll find Jack Vale. You could Google it. So, Google it, find it. Yeah. Um, and I promise you, if you're not familiar with him, get familiar. You'll be glad you did. Um, it, it's There's something about his videos when, and he does a great job of marketing because sometimes once you follow him, it'll pop up randomly on your Facebook <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's, it's a new video. It's five years old, but it's a video I haven't yeah. seen and it's just yeah. so funny and yeah. I, I enjoy it. It'll make your day better. Make a bad day pretty good. Cool. So I appreciate you, you, Jack. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. All right. God bless. Wrap it.